You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, everyone. This is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner with us today from Indiana. My guest was the Wells County Hog Calling Champion of 85 and 86. We're going to learn a little bit more about that here uh, for sure. I'm intrigued. In her downtime, she enjoys relaxing with family, including her dogs, and she's most proud of her authenticity. So we're going to test that today. We'll see how uh, how real she is with us. It's my pleasure to welcome Jill to the show. Hello, Jill. Hello, Tim. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, hey, I am interested in starting with you giving us a, a bit of a a backstory of yourself. Tell us uh, your personal story, where you were born, where you live, about your family and your hobbies. Well, uh, I was born in Bluffton, Indiana, where I was the uh, Wells County Hong Kong champion, the 4-H fair. And um, then I went to Ball State University and came back to Muncie just a few years ago. And that's where I live with my husband and two sons and three dogs. What and is actually my parents moved here too. So now oh, we're cool. all just nestled in. <laughs> now, what is a hog um, calling? What is that? What What does a hog caller do? Well, you know, and the reason I got into that because I lived, Bluffton is um, a farming community and mm-hmm. a lot of my friends were in 4-H and I was not. And I was reviewing the paper to see if there were any categories that I thought I may be well suited for. And I didn't see, because I don't, I didn't sew, I didn't, I didn't cook, I didn't have any crafting skills, but I could tell a story and, I, and there was this hog calling competition and my grandma grew up on a hog farm. So I jumped on my bike, went down to her house, had her teach me how to hog call and then her and myself and my great aunt, her sister, um, came up with a little story that I rehearsed. <laughs> well, we I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I've never, I've never had a hog collar on the show today, so I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty blessed. Thank you, <laughs> Joe. Is there a funny story that your family likes to tell you about you that you'd be willing to share today? You know, we had I I listened to your um, podcast, and I had a feeling this question was coming up, and when I thought about it, I couldn't help but share that I was voted the least fun mom. Um, years ago, we were uh, with another family and uh, and I, we're still friends with them and vacation with them, but this was 12 years ago. And he said to my husband, why don't you get rid of Jill and get a more fun wife and and I said it's because I'm risk adverse so I'm always like don't do that get off of the top of the I mean I think I made them get off the top of the um shed roof in the middle of their uh nerf gun war because I (laughs) fall off and so I got voted the the least fun month 
I love it. <laughs> it's it's good that you uh, added that you're still friends today because I was I would have asked that otherwise. <laughs> oh yeah, he just spent the night Friday night that young man at our house. <laughs> so tell us how did the business come about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Um well, I've had a few businesses and um Bef my first businesses were more in as an individual entrepreneur and I didn't um I didn't care for that because I realized that I enjoy teams mm. and I also realized that at that point in my career there were things that as a uh, single or a very very small <laughs> entrepreneur that you have to do that I'm really didn't like doing anymore and therefore wasn't good. And it took me a really long time and created a lot of frustrations. <laughs> so um, I kind of sat some of those businesses aside, closed them, and then had an opportunity to start elevate. <clears throat> I'm sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> it's getting dry outside with these negative. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I was approached to start it, and I've been in the insurance industry for decades in leadership, in a variety of roles. So I was pretty confident I could do it. I had um, a fair amount of respected relationships and knew how to build uh, the operation. So tell us more about the company. What's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? So Elevate Claim Solutions is an independent adjusting firm within the property and casualty insurance industry with a focus on property claims. Elevate also has, um, it's about 60% commercial. So we do a lot of kind of larger, higher exposure property losses. And we operate in 12 states throughout the Midwest. We um, also handle like small regional catastrophe events where we have a team of roving adjusters that we can mobilize into an area that may be, um, well, that could have a rash of frozen pipes mm. uh, if you don't keep your uh, faucets dripping during these times of frigid cold weather. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I started another company after that, and they're both in existence operating um, as CEO within both. And Descamate is more of a catastrophe-driven response adjusting firm um, where it handles uh, wind, hail, hurricane losses, coastal areas. Um, so it's a bit different where the type of personal lines business it can scale with is um, really vast compared to the traditional model mm -hmm. in the industry, a model like Elevate. So it's a little different kind of a new concept within the industry. Fantastic. So you're, you've got two, two businesses that you're running. So earlier you said that you're risk adverse. So tell me how, how you, how a risk averse person is uh, starting all these businesses. Yeah. Well, um, I'm also a confident person. There you go. All right. <laughs> and I don't think that investing in myself and my capabilities and the people who I am fortunate and have been fortunate enough to surround myself by as a leader, um, I don't see that as much of a risk. Yeah. 
that makes sense. I love that. What a great answer. So for folks listening, uh, check out the companies in the link in the description and uh, go visit uh, Jill on LinkedIn and let her know that you watched her interview. Thank so, you. Jill, share a story where someone um, pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. Well, um, after I, I went, uh, my last corporate role, I was senior vice president at QBE and, um, they went through a 20% premium or revenue reduction and I was reduced, if you will. <laughs> and which it was one of the greatest, um, opportunities in my career and mm -hmm. lifetime. So at that point, part of the parting package. Um, I, I worked with a coach, Trisha Fox. She's actually from the Indianapolis area. You may know her, Tim. And I was really trying to figure out what the right corporate, next corporate move would be for me. And I had, um, I had started a CBD company. The revenue was increasing with that. And had opportunity to it's just there was a lot of opportunities and, I, and I'm a very curious person I had a lot of interest and she was like well why don't you do a multifaceted career you know why do you have to go get this corporate role or why do you mm -hmm. have to you know take this next step that is you know your natural next step according to who now I'm not sure because I'm not <laughs> trying to figure that out anymore um yeah. And so I embraced her coaching and her guidance and really started to flow through life in a more, um, it's on because almost I would say more intentional, mm. but then also at the same point, just handing my, handing things over more, if you will, to the greater force. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So being open to the... Oh, I really rambled there. I'm sorry. No, you could not at all. <laughs> what what I heard is, you know, being open to um, taking control of what you want to do, but then, you know, keeping that open mind to, you know, it's not necessarily linear, right? And those of us who have, you know, uh, everyone listening who's a business owner, we know that the path is almost never linear, right? So being yeah. open to what... what what doors are opened and what doors are closed and, and using that to, to guide and direct us. Yeah. And that's where, you know, once I started through really um, embracing the entrepreneurship journey, I realized that it um, is just so fitting for my personality and my appetite for connections and information and change and so I'm, I'm really thankful that she helped me take that um, step. That's awesome. You also mentioned, you know, the, the greater, you know, being open to the greater force. So we all have different interpretations of what that might be, right? The universe, God, but the law of attraction is true, right? It's real. It's what we set our, our mind to, right? It ends up being what we attract and what we manifest and, and uh, there's, you know, tons of studies that have shown that when you set your mind on something and you keep working towards it, again, it's not a linear path, but mm -hmm. but it's going to happen because of the fact that we're so intentional about it. Right. And you just, you, if you, I believe in the, yeah, force of energy, right? Even, yes, as you said, God, 
physics. I mean, it's really the same because it's energy. Yeah, absolutely. If if folks have um, uh, they're listening, if you've uh, you haven't read, you know, the Law of Attraction book or Think and Grow Rich, those are two great. Um, books that talk about this whole idea of what you've set your mind to, what you set your energy on is what you're going to end up attracting. So, so Jill, tell us what's been your uh, biggest learning as a business owner? Well, I would say um, my learning isn't, well, <laughs> I, it has been like one learning thing after another <laughs> learning thing after another learning thing. I realized that um, you know, ancillary services that a lot of entrepreneurs, startups specifically that are, who are scaling quickly, um, you know, one company is a year and a half old and the other is three and a half year old and we're in eight digit revenue this year or last year. So that's a pretty fast growth rate yeah. and Congrats. you depend on professional services, um, partners we carve out different pieces, you know, the IT, the HR, the accounting, the finance, the, and um, as a CEO, and I, I feel like that has been my greatest area of opportunity is not, even though I've put intentionality and put my project management spreadsheets and interviewed and checked referrals, that not being services not being delivered as outlined in service level agreements mm. and the way that it has absorbed my time as an entrepreneur and a CEO has been something that I would encourage everybody to get a handle on because it's been exhausting. Um, <laughs> yes. And frustrating because you're trying to get a handle and manage aspects of the company that you're paying somebody else to do. And, yeah. you know, I think that outsourcing those functions when you're a startup and you're a fast growing startup is a great way to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> and But I think that the hurdles have been a lot um, denser denser. There's a lot more hurdles than I had originally anticipated. Sure. Yeah. I think the, the phrase, um, hire slow, fire fast, that typically applies to employees also applies to outsourcing, right? If, yeah. You know, we've got to take, but you can't, but when you have one, Tim, you can't hire slow and fire fast. Cause then you got a gap. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I hear you. Yes. And guess who fills that gap? <laughs> right? CEO, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's a reason that you outsourced it, right? Because you don't want to fill the gap. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I think that also in all fairness to the partners that we've had, I think that when you articulate um, as a startup, your growth to your vendors and I'll be honest, I don't think that, um, I don't think they believe me. Mm. Uh, I think that I don't honor sometimes what I say I'm going to do and what I do is not common. Mm. It's an outlier. I mean, I think 4% of female owned businesses generate over a million dollars revenue a year. So sure. I don't, I didn't, 
I didn't consider like maybe just, you know, the, oh, okay, sure you will. Yeah. We got you, yeah. you know, aspect of it. And then. Well, the reality is most, most startups don't scale that fast. So it would, you know, if they're looking at it from their experience, it would make sense that maybe you're just being ambitious like everybody else that they've met mm. with. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Totally makes sense. Hey, Jill, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us one of your biggest challenges um, over the years of, of owning uh, several businesses and, and uh, maybe give us one of your biggest ones and, and a, a fellow business owner or, or a, a colleague who came alongside of you and helped you to get through that. Well, um, I have a, a business partner, um, Margaret, who... She is my business partner in both Elevate and Deskimate. Um, she came along in Elevate a little bit after we had started it because of the nature of her non-compete. But um, nonetheless, she is what I would call like the yin to my yang. Mm. You know, she's, and I think that when you find somebody like that in your career, um, you you need to glue to them and you need to lift them and you need to um, do what you can to stay with them because mm. it's unique. Like yeah. our brains, just the way that we work, you know, is very differently. We think about things differently and we're both very comfortable with having confrontation. Mm. Yeah. And I think the nature of us being leaders and meetings and disagreeing and having healthy confrontation creates a culture of vulnerability and accountability. Yeah. There's typically um, two general types of, of folks who are needed in a business. One is the visionary, the ideator, right? The, the internal optimist, the one who keeps pushing the organization to the next thing and the next thing. And then generally that person is not very good at landing the plane, right? The, the dot in the I's, the cross in the T's, the operational excellence of making all of those great ideas work. And so to your point, you know, awesome organizations are when there there's two different people that have those skill sets and know how to work together in a way that's productive and healthy and good conflict and right. Good debates, but then, a decision's made and and we move forward. So that's awesome that you've been able to find that. I'm very, very fortunate. So which one are you? Are you the uh, the pie in the sky ideator or are you the plane lander? Oh, I am the pie in the sky. All right, awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's- But that know. being said, last week we landed our third company, um, which is a software company. It just went live. So that's very exciting. Oh, too. good for so you. I can pie in the sky, map it down. But I'll tell you what Margaret is phenomenal at. Like you said, she can sit there in front of her computer and fill out like all the nests because I think a lot of times business owners don't realize how tedious all the licensing, the insurance, the compliance, the everything is, and she can, she can grind that out and endlessly and says she enjoys it. I can't even imagine anybody enjoying it. <laughs> <Yes>. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've worked with folks who, um, 
the ideator will right enjoys brainstorming and whiteboarding and coming up with all these ideas and then the poor operations person's like they just told me a hundred things to do i'm not <laughs> sure how i'm supposed to do all that but the other person's no 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 we decided on one right and right. the person's like which one right we just talked for an hour about a hundred things so so yeah. we know that you right align on the, and get that clarity before the meeting's over is is huge in terms of you know, again, dividing and conquering and leveraging each other's strengths. And yeah, she's, we're good together. We use DISC, um, the DISC assessment with folks to help, to help pick that apart and understand different people's, you know, the way people think and process information to help them be, you know, higher performers and working together. So Jill, I'm going to um, put you on the spot here and ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey that have been, um, there for you to help with your business's growth that those folks that you're most grateful for, who are they, who are the three people and how they help you? Mm. Well, that's very hard. Um, I mean, Margaret, definitely. And then <clears throat> Dave Smith is another gentleman who um, helped lift, elevate. And then when we started Deskimate, transitioned and literally did the same grit process mapping you know all that stuff all over again help stand that up does it with so much grace and patience and kindness and um truly an inspiration and then brandon my partner with deskimate um he's a good uh offset to my personality as well um, he's still the visionary dreamer, Margaret, without Margaret, we would, we, we need our Margaret, <laughs> but, um, I just, uh, I appreciate having lost, um, or having had to part ways with a partner already in my entrepreneurship journey. I value the partnerships I have now and that I know they have integrity, that I know that they care about the people we as a very, you know, short tenured companies that, that should be looking to drive our profit margins are we lift a 401k in March, we provide health insurance benefits, wow. you know, we go out of our way to create a good lifestyle for human beings. And that's important to all of those people. And that's something I'm extremely thankful for. Yeah, what a, again, what a great success story that you've been able to, you know, introduce these benefits so quickly in your, in your uh, business journey. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So as you think about the next three to five years, what's the biggest challenge that you see that you're going to face or the company's going to face in reaching your goals and who are the types of people you're going to need to solve those? Well, I think that, um, one of our biggest challenges as we scale is going to be managing cash flow. Mm. Um, the only debt we have is a line of credit. Um, outside of that, we have none. So to be able to scale at that rate with that methodology is very challenging. And I would like to continue on that path. It's something beyond my ability to manage um, very quickly, I have to tap out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I need that, and um, I'm searching. Uh -huh. uh, 
I truly need just kind of on that same level, I need um, a, a tax strategist. You know, I need somebody that can really understand the nature of um, multi-level entrepreneurship um, and how to set that up and ensure that, you know, I'm protected and my family is protected, my partners are protected, um, all of that. Wonderful. So last question here, Jim Rohn, awesome business guru. Uh, one of his quotes is, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that, Jill, and um, think about the business owners who uh, aren't uh, reaching out to others or not leveraging resources that, you know, they feel like they should do it on their own. What advice would you have for them? Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> reach out to other people and I, you know, I will say like, I, I withdrew um, in these last few years because it's taken so much time and energy. Uh, and the only thing I had left was my family and they give me energy and I needed that. But I was thankful that I had Quaid, my CEO group, because that was kind of my lifeline to other professionals and a network of entrepreneurs and leaders. Uh, without that and their guidance and just strength and um, I that was a lifeline truly and, and now um, kind of I feel like I'm coming out on the other side and taking a deep breath and that's one of the things that I'm truly focused on is rebuilding my my networking um, like aspect of my my career and truly my personal life too. I need to re-engage. I just start <laughs> to do things with friends again. I'm like, ah, I think we've come out on the other side and I'm still alive. I need to reintroduce myself to the world. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> I love it. I like that. Take a deep breath and then re-engage. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jill, it sounds like you've been blessed with some awesome people in your journey uh, so far. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Oh, that I love them. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, I think that speaks. I think love is very powerful and radiates. And that's what I want them to feel because it's the essence of, I think, joy. And I want them to live with joy. That's fantastic. Jill, such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for, so much for being on the show. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall. Please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. To join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.